welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. Today's episode, we're doing Understanding God's Word, Part 8, How to Study the Bible. All right, well, welcome back, everybody. It's good to be here. Brian, yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I want to say welcome to you and to all of our listeners. Glad you're with us today on The Pod. The Pod. Glad to be here talking about this awesome topic. And, uh, you know, before we get into it, always want to remind people, don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, mm-hmm. share us, email us your feedback at f4l at oakhillbc.org. Yeah. I want to say a special thanks to all of our listeners. We were looking at some of the numbers this morning, and the podcast is popular as ever. Yep. We were looking through some of our uh, top episodes, and uh, five of our top 10 are from this year. Yeah. And we've had more downloads already this year than we had last year. So so it's gone. It's go, Things are going really well. So yeah. We've been thank trying, you for listening. Yes. Thank you, everyone. We're trying really hard to make sure what we're, you know, producing is valuable. Um, you know, also, we really value, you know, being able be, being like we don't want to be an entertainment uh, necessarily, but we also want you to enjoy mm-hmm what you're listening to. So we don't want to just talk about important things in the most boring way. Um, So we're trying really hard to make sure that this is edutainment. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) What a teacher word. Guys, it's edutainment. Edutainment. (laughs) Well, that's what we're going for. So if, uh, if you're enjoying this stuff or if you have a favorite series, let us know those sort of things that you like. And, uh, and that'll help us uh, as we decide future, future series and and topics. So, yes, but today we're kind of we're finishing our current series. We've been in this series. Uh, this is our eighth episode yeah. on understanding God's word. What well, started as a six part ep- series yeah, six start parts. went to eight. We did a we did a six part series and eight, eight episodes. So then you're welcome for that because you know these have been longer. These have been longer. They could yeah. have been even longer than they were. We're <laughs> hoping to return to a shorter format. Yes, so. yes. So thank you for uh, listening through those with us. We do hope they're beneficial. But, but today uh, it's the last episode, how to study the Bible. So right. this is where kind of everything mm-hmm. comes together. And so, you know, this is the practical. And th- this is really the question everybody wants to know is how to study the, how do I study the Bible? Right. How to study the Bible? And I'm sorry, but it can't just be, let right. me give you the practical stuff. We, we got to, we back all the way back up to really Going back to our first series, we're mm-hmm. talking about the nature of the word. You, you have to have a sound theology right. of Scripture. From there, a sound hermeneutic of how to interpret Scripture. Then we can like really know how to study the Bible. Yeah, if you just try to jump into the Bible without really knowing what you're you're watching, it'd be like watching Star Wars, not realizing, you know, the episode numbers, right. you mm-hmm. know, like not realizing the the story arc and 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 seeing like it just wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't know right. what you were doing. Well, and all of our resources uh, do this. They have a section on how right. to study the Bible, but it, it's at the end That's after right. you've talked about these other things. That's so right. I think we think about theology and interpretation. Those kind of go hand in hand, mm-hmm. and then the practical outworking of that is how we study the Bible. Yeah. So if this is all you've been wanting, then here you go. But uh, you know, go back and listen. Yeah, yeah, because that'll help you a lot. But I do want to do a little bit of a recap because I thought this was really important. As this is a section I've entitled "As You Approach the Bible." Yes. And this is from the book Christian Scripture by David S. Dockery. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're thinking about reviewing, sort of like hermeneutics, context, genre, those are kind of the big things we've talked about the last seven episodes. What's been one of the most important things to you in these past episodes that we've talked about? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
for me, this has been a great review. I've actually learned things that I, I don't remember learning when I studied these things. I mean, it's just been uh, really great. Um, for me, the the discussion on the covenants mm. that, and the and law and just seeing how that works together and then mm-hmm. understanding where we are in the new covenant with the, you know, having the law written on our hearts, man, that, that was just super encouraging to me and helped me again, kind of remember mm-hmm. what I'm looking at when I read the Bible. Yeah. That's been super helpful for me. Yeah. I'm with you. Like uh, there was no like new information necessarily. Um, but it was great to review this and kind of, and think about it again. And like going through the genres really helped me to think about, uh, the different uses of scripture in my own life, yeah. you know, especially with like poetry. I, I'm not really drawn yeah. to the poetry and the songs and the wisdom literature yeah. necessarily. But after that episode, I've been really uh, thinking about that a lot and being drawn to some more of that type of literature because of how helpful it is in our Christian walk. And, you know, just life comes at you sometimes you're dealing with a lot of things or different situations and boy the psalms are, are always there you can turn to and find comfort and and hope how to, how to direct those emotions so that yeah. was one big thing that i pulled away and yeah, that's good that's good well you know as we're gonna recap some of these things like let's let's go through what are these what are some of the the things we're trying to that we've been talking about yeah this, this was a great just summary list we'll go through this pretty quickly but he said approach the text with the right presuppositions which you we have previously identified as biblical faith accepting mm-hmm. the bible as fully truthful and authoritative and we've we just mentioned that right. you have to have a sound theology of god's word before we approach reading god's word yeah. we have to know what we believe is it god's word is it is it the true word perfect word of god yeah that's you got to make your mind up about that yeah uh, yeah that's that's primary. Uh, another thing is to recognize that the historical and literal meaning of the Bible is the primary meaning, but not the limit of meaning. So, so what did the author mean? What, what did God mean? And then again, how did those, uh, patterns of meaning as Dr. Stein talked about, how did those flow into the present context? Right. Number three, acknowledge the possibility of deeper meanings in the prophetic apostolic witness. So we talked about that, both the the present and the future. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in an episode, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, talking about the uh, you know the census plenor, you know, mm-hmm. the fuller sense. Yeah, you know, talking about how that works. Uh, another thing is to affirm the human authorship of the text as well as its divine origin. Mm. I even I just kind of mentioned that. Like like there are there really kind of are two authors writing this one thing. The Holy has, Spirit speaking, speaking through the person through. who is using their. Their mm-hmm. language, their setting, their yeah. occasion, all of those things that they're in, the real person. And that's why all of Scripture has kind of different flavors, you know, because right. there are different authors, but with one one author behind it all. Right. Uh, see the biblical text rather than the author's mind as the place where meaning mm. is concentrated. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really important. We, we don't know everything the author was thinking. Mm-hmm. We know what he wrote. Right. You know. Uh, understand that the text rests in its canonical context. Thus, Scripture serves as the best commentary on Scripture. So the Bible speaks to the Bible, mm-hmm. and we got to know where things are. Yeah. And it's you know, it's kind of like we history. said, interpreting the difficult passages by right. what is clear in Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, number seven, expect the enabling help in illumination from the Holy Spirit to assist in, assist in interpretation. I mean, the 
God tells us that the Holy Spirit is a helper yes. to us. He will help us to read and know and understand his word. Sometimes with preaching, man, that's like the, the linchpin right there. Because yeah. sometimes you study and study and study, and eventually you're just like, God... I don't know what I don't know what this, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it comes to you, and you're right. like, "Wow, thank you, Lord." Yeah, um, John Piper talks about wrestling with yeah. with the passage, you yeah. know, until until the God reveals the meaning. Mm. You know, that's true. Number eight: expect the Bible to speak to the reader's contemporary concerns. So it has an audience. What is it? You know, the the author is writing to a specific audience. What was he saying to them? And then number nine, interpret the Bible in light of the centrality of Jesus Christ and for the good of the church. That's big. Amen. Jesus is the central figure of God's word. And if we view it differently, then we're going to have a misinterpretation of the Bible. That's right. That's so, right. Well, <clears throat> well, yeah. So as we're talking about how to study the Bible, let's talk first about kind of the reasons why or the occasions for mm-hmm. reading the Bible. Like, there are different ways to approach the Bible, different reasons for right. approaching the Bible. Yeah, these are these are not Bible study necessarily. You know, Bible, and sometimes we get these kind of confused. Is the reason yes. we're pointing we're trying this to out. Clar- make some clarification, right? Here. So the first category would be personal devotion. So how is devotional reading different from other types of reading or different from Bible study? Well, it, it's pretty common it's it's really more for you and your personal time with god right, right. so it's it's about your relationship with the lord uh, it's kind of like the difference between having a conversation with somebody just to hang out mm-hmm. versus having a conversation with somebody in order to like um make plans yeah. you know like if you're thinking about with your spouse like there's times you have conversations and you're just, you know, having fun together. And then there's other times where you're like, okay, we got to think about how we're going to do the kids, you know, how we're going to take care of this and that. I feel like that's kind of the the difference between it. Yeah, devotional think. reading is normally maybe five to 30 minutes, you know, right. anywhere in that shorter. time frame. It's shorter. Uh, you're reading a few verses or chapters. Some people use devotional guides or, or a book to kind of go through. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's more focused on, it's really application heavy yes. focused. Yes. And so you're trying to get into God's word to see what God has for you. Um, and it's, it's helpful. It's helpful to have a daily devotion. And I think that's help. It, it is, mm-hmm. it's helpful to help you walk closer to the Lord. I, I think so. Do you, agree? I, I do agree with that. And, and, you know, a lot of this comes down to trusting other people's, uh, scholarship yeah you know so so mm-hmm. that's where it can get you know interesting that's why it's important to know how to study mm-hmm. um for yourself but but there are some really good resources and trustworthy me, things you can use to yeah, help you just dive right in to me i think of a devotional as like a snack yes versus bible study which is like a meal that's that's i think that's a perfect way to put that food yep. food analogy that's, you know it makes sense to all of us <laughs> <laughs> food is life so, so what there, are, yeah, some there's some good resources. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I've used uh, a couple that I'll mention. The, the Table Talk magazine, mm-hmm. which is by Ligonier, is is great. Not only do they have like a theme every month mm-hmm. and there's articles, but they have a daily devotional in there. And That's so cool. right now they, uh, I believe it's Exodus. That I've never actually at. used this and I really kind of want to. Yeah, it's really great. You can, it's not very expensive at all. Maybe like 20 bucks a year or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And you can get it all online. You can put it on your P- your uh, PDF reader or, or your uh, tablet or whatever, or yeah. you can get the physical copy if you're like me and you like 
the actual the book. Back. Yeah, or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also was using uh, "Be Thou My Vision," mm-hmm. which is a, a, a daily a liturgy for daily worship by Jonathan Gibson. So this was actually pretty helpful. I used it for a couple months, um, and you go through, and it has a, a daily. It guides you through daily worship. So there's like there's scripture you're reading, um, both like sections of scripture, but then there's like uh, a daily like psalm or praise to the Lord. There's a daily um, um, what am I trying to think? Catechism. Mm, yeah. Uh, there's just different aspects you're going Man, through, cool. and it was really neat. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, it, it did. It did take um, a little bit of time. You know, it took about thirty or forty-five yeah. minutes. You know, and so you got to make sure you're you got the time every. I just did it every morning. Yeah. So that's another one. So that's cool. There's other ones. I'll, I'll be honest, listeners. This is kind of Brian's wheelhouse here. But like uh, one, another one that I have not used are the ESV journaling Bibles. Yeah, I've uh, used. Tell us just more a, about that. I've just used a couple of these. Yeah. where you can get. Um, oh yeah, get individual yeah. books and, and, and yes, they, they have whole Bibles, but then you can just get individual books like Exodus or something. Right, like, right, or First John or mm-hmm. something, and then it'll have sections where you can journal next to it. So this is like okay, I'm reading through this book. I'm going to journal through this book, and then you just have that as your as i've seen i've seen those and those are really cool yeah. i just have never really they even have an up. online version of this too so really yeah that's pretty cool here's uh no and no, i haven't used that one so morning and evening by charles spurgeon that that's a great just quick devotional yeah. and it's even on spotify man uh, uh you can get it for free really yeah you can find you it can for free to it? On, uh-huh. wow mm-hmm. i know one of the things i see i i follow some people on like uh social media that are just charles spurgeon quotes and sometimes mm. that that right there yeah. is just you know helpful. I but think it's not I think scripture. this one is probably um, past its copyright date, so you could probably get this for free online. Nice. nice. So there you go. Anything by Charles Spurgeon is probably wonderful. Um, this one is the one that I've done more than the other ones. Is the New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp, mm-hmm. and I really like that one. It's it's a pretty short. You know, it's a a hardback. I think you can get you know digital versions and stuff as well. But yeah. um, the great thing about devotional guides is they they do kind of give they do some of the work for you. So if you just need like they condense I, things. If yeah. it's like hey, I got ten minutes in the morning. Right. I want to I want to get into God's word. This person, as long as you make sure that they have a good theology, a good hermeneutic, this person is going to help you because they're already going to have done the study. That's right. So yes. so I think personal devotion time is important and we need to make sure that we're, we're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And Uh, you just, just, you just said it. There are some cautions to this though, because again, if you're using these devotions, you got to know who's doing the study and, and know that they're doing, uh, they're, they're studying the, the Bible properly, right? Yeah, I'll be honest. The worst thing you can do is just go to the Christian bookstore and just pick up a devotional from there without knowing the author or doing some research on the author, because you can get some really, uh, just, just not helpful, you know, like just, just not, not helpful. You know, maybe somebody's focused completely on the, the, the positive you focused yeah. aspect of the Bible right. and they're it, not focused. Really it's not a God help f- right. book mm-hmm. that throws God in there. And there's other ones that I've seen, you know, where, uh, you know, I don't know if I should well, like, name it, but like there's, there's, I can, if you, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't but, know what you're thinking. Well, there's one where, uh, it, it basically talks from the first person of Jesus as though Uh-oh. Jesus is talking directly to you. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, it really kind of asserts itself in a scriptural mm. way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it, that was on purpose, but that's not helpful. And that's, that's really dangerous. Yeah. So that's something you should watch out for. So yeah, just, just think about your, if you're using a devotional, just, just check it out make sure that they line up, 
with you theologically and mm-hmm. hermeneutically. Yes. Uh, you can find so many great um, suggestions out there, yeah. you know, so. So that's one kind of way in which we approach yeah. the Bible. What's another way or reason we approach yeah. the Bible? Yeah, let's talk about memorization and meditation. You know, Don Whitney, who is the foremost scholar on spiritual discipline says most people merely read the Bible, checking off the requirement for the day. Reading gives us exposure to scripture and that is where we need to start. But most of us want to enjoy our time in God's word and we want to be changed by it. The key is to delight, uh, to delight and transform is meditation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what is it about meditation and then memorization going hand in hand that helps us to delight in God's word? Well, it's it's really again. I think a lot of it is about time and just focus on the the particulars, you know. And you know, not to make everything about food, but I remember when somebody first showed me, like, "Hey, if you cut your steak in thinner strips and eat it more more like intentionally, like you'll find it tastes better mm. and you enjoy it for longer." Mm. And I started. Eat, I I never real. I used to just eat you know bigger i know that's weird, much as you but can like, yeah, yeah just because i loved it it was mm-hmm. good and that's that's not terrible but but then i started cutting it in thinner i was like savor yeah you yeah. savor that's it. a good that's actually a good uh analogy it's it's savoring the meal that's savoring yeah yeah uh you know it helps us to absorb god's word really to take it into ourselves to live it to experience it you know when you read something uh it's not always transformative you know yeah. but here's the thing scripture calls us to meditate on on the word, mm-hmm. it, it tells us in the Bible we must meditate on God's word. Yeah, Charles Spurgeon has this quote that you uh, put in here. He says, "Some people like to read so many Bible chapters every day, and I would not dissuade them from the practice. But I would rather lay my soul and so- let my soul soak in a half a dozen verses all day than rinse my hand in several chapters. Oh, to be bathed in the text of Scripture and to let it be soaked up into my very soul till it saturates." your heart. Yeah, I think that's important. It's yeah. like a sponge where yes. you're 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 taking it in and letting it letting it saturate yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah, it becomes a part of you. Bathed. I love what he says, bathed mm-hmm. in the text of scripture. Yeah. One what, of the, what imagery there? One of the things I've heard people say, I remember my uh preaching professor talking about different people and how he would say, man, that person, he just bled Bible. Mm. And it's like it's like it's in your very blood, you know, mm-hmm. like the Bible just just you can't help but quote scripture because it's just a part of you. Yeah, uh, that's one of the reasons why we read it is to let it become. You know, we are being con- transformed by yeah. it. So how do we meditate? Is this like we sit cross-legged and we're like, oh, yes, oh. yep. Uh, you know, is that what down is that the what dog, biblical that meditation is? <laughs> no, no. Not at it's all. It's as simple as reflecting on Scripture. You're, you're thinking about it for an extended period of time. You're, you're mulling it over in your brain. You're carefully sort of sort of thinking about it. Right. You know? Yeah. Sometimes you can just write it out. Um, you can write out a summary. Mm-hmm. I've done that reading through chapters and just writing out what is this chapter saying, mm-hmm. helping me remember what, what that text is about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, write down questions you have. Ask the basic questions, who, mm-hmm. what, where, when, why, how. You know, you're just, you're just yeah. thinking about it. You're letting it kind of permeate your thoughts. Yep, and you're memorizing so you can reflect on it throughout your day and your week and your life, and, and it, it comes to your mind when you interact and you have different uh, circumstances happen. Yeah, this is sort of a lost art. You know, in Christian world, we encourage our children to memorize Scripture, but right. we don't with with our teenagers and with our adults, you know. That's and true. I think that's so important that we 
we push people to memorize scripture. I mean, yeah. it tells us to, we're trying to hide God's word in our heart. Yeah. You know, so that we may not sin against God. That, what that's meaning is you're putting God's word in you so that when circumstances of life come against you, that, that scripture is in you. Right. It's, it's a part of you. You know how to act in a godly uh, way. And, you know, I think that's a good point. Like, we kind of devalue this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think, like, ah, that's for children, you know, mm-hmm. as, if, as if we don't have to remember things. And that's, that is a devaluation of Scripture, of, of God. Um, so, yeah. you know, we if need you, to be doing that. If you have some, say you do have, um, you know, 30 minutes in the morning. You know, yeah. sit down, have a, have a personal devotion time for, say, say 10 minutes, you know, yeah. 5, 10 minutes. And then meditate on, on that Scripture that you're reading uh, for another you know, 10 minutes and then have some prayer time, you know, right. I mean, that'd be a great time of devotion and it wouldn't take too long. You know, maybe you have to wake up a little bit earlier or do it the last thing before you go to bed. Or maybe even some people, um, when you have a lunch break, yeah, you yes. know, at work, you know, and you can, you can do your I know devotion a lot of people then. who have done that. Yeah, absolutely. So. so you can also check out, uh, Donna Whitney's praying the scriptures. That's a good, great book. He had his, his book on spiritual disciplines. Right. Uh, which talks extensively about memorization and meditation. That's right. Yeah. Well, there's other reasons why we would approach the Bible. We want to memorize it. We want to, you know, have devotional times. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes life hits hard, and uh, you know, sorrow comes. There's times of sorrow in yeah. our lives. Why does it seem natural to go to Scripture during times of sorrow? Well, because we want answers, we want comfort. I mean, it's the same reason, like, why do we, you know, say mama when we're hurting? Mm. Why do why do soldiers who are wounded yeah. cry that out? Mm-hmm. It's because we know that there's comfort out there, and uh, and we're looking for it, yeah. you know? And so we've all already said that the Bible's full of real emotion. It helps us to guide our emotions back to the Lord. Yeah, I think we really need to use scriptures in in times of sorrow. It can definitely be a, a great comfort. I know in my life it has been, you know, in times where I'm I'm being really challenged or, or emotionally, um, you know, spent or whatever. You know, I I know I can go to the Bible. You yeah. know, I remember even as a teenager at a at a retreat, I remember pulling out for whatever reason I don't know where my Bible was, but um, pulling out like the Gideon's Bible from in, in a yeah, hotel room, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and reading the scriptures and just finding comfort in knowing that that God is, is talking to me, yeah. speaking to me. Yeah. I, I've, I've experienced similar things where I just knew that, you know, life was really hard or I was super, you know, heartbroken or whatever. And, um, just remembering that God heals the brokenhearted. Mm. And I knew that because that's what God told me. And just yeah. like you said, he is speaking to me. Mm. And, uh, and that was so Good. I needed it. I needed him there with me, and he yeah. was there. Well, let's talk about the next uh, section, which is family devotion. This yeah. is the last section before we get into Bible study. Why is it important to have a family devotion time? Well, because, you know, it's important for us to value God's Word, obviously, but but if you, you know, as parents, especially, if, if you're a parent, then you are entrusted with the stewardship of these children mm-hmm. and and. First of all, if you think this is valuable, then why wouldn't you want them to have it too? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we also have this responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not just a value thing. It's a responsibility by given to us by God to invest the word into our children. Right, exactly, yeah. You know, w- we think about that verse, Deuteronomy chapter 6, you right. know, and how we, we have this responsibility. And, you know... Um, we just we just know that as kids will grow 
that the, the Word of God is the most important thing that mm-hmm. they need to stick to their faith. I mean, that's just a practical thing, but right. also like research. Yeah. We talked about that in some of our previous podcasts. Research shows us that. And so, you know, we need to have so a couple reasons that mm-hmm. that uh, that George Guthrie mentions in his book is uh, we need to have family devotion uh, so we can show love to God and mm-hmm. teach our children to love him. Gotcha. It also yeah. helps us to give them a biblical worldview. Right. You know? So, yeah, we're helping them see the world clearly, properly, truthfully. Right. But it's also helping uh, more people, namely our children, mm-hmm. love God. It's not about just getting your children to do the right thing. Like, that's important. Right. You know, that God, God does not care mm-hmm. about sacrifices. He right. wants a broken and contrite heart. He wants people to love him. That's what we're helping our children to do. And so we use, you know, family devotions to do. Yeah. That. How, how have you seen that in your own family? Yeah. I mean, growing up, we, you know, some people have very structured, sure. very like intentional. This is exactly how it's we like do it family worship, you yeah. know, with music and, right. and all Bible reading and the whole thing. And that's, that's we, great. We have not been that um, right. disciplined. You know, we, we do it on as, as much as we can get together, yep. there are, you know, with a busy schedule, um, normally it happens about three to four nights a week that we right. can all get together and, and do a do a family devotion. And, so. that's, and that's where, you know, again, this is kind of goes to our, like, parenting profiles uh, episodes that we've done, is, like, there are these broad principles for parents that we all apply differently, but the right. main thing is to apply them. And so for us, we... You know, our kids are still really little, but right. even growing up, I think we're probably going to keep doing this where we just read um, story. Right now we're mm-hmm. reading stories, you know, storybook Bibles yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they're little, it's mm-hmm. almost like you just have reading time with them at night right. and it kind of flows in together and you pray together before bed. And I can't tell you how many conversations we get to have about, you know, Jesus. And like last night we were reading, you know, the last story and Jesus is fighting a dragon. And my son Sam's like, Jesus fighting a dragon? He's got a sword? And we're like, yeah, that's right. And that, that sword represents the Bible. He has no idea yeah. what we're talking about. And that's fine. He's it's like, this it. is awesome. Jesus came back from the dead. You know, it's like, that's right. But, you know, so it's just fun. You you actually have fun with this. As they get older, you have to be more intentional. That's what I'm saying because of, you know, kids get jobs. They have sports. They have all kinds of things. They're not home at, you know, 8 o'clock to do that. Right. And (laughs) so you have to try to be more intentional. I know one one of our families, we just interviewed the the Bilgers on our parenting profile. They talked about they try to have dinner uh, at least a few nights of the week, you know, together. And they read Read. through scripture there. And, you know, that's really... You know, when, when you think about resources, mm-hmm. it's, it's read the Bible. Right. That's the first, and that's the biggest thing you can do is read the Bible. Now, there are family devotional guides, and we've used some of these things. With little kids, one of the things that we, that we really liked was uh, my first hands-on Bible, mm-hmm. which has the paraphrase of the story, and then it also gives some, like, activities and some prayer prompts mm-hmm. and things with kids uh, you just mentioned the, the Jesus, Jesus Storybook story Bible. Bible. The new one that just came out is the biggest story, uh, Bible storybook. I think this is the one that we just finished. Yeah. This is the one by Kevin DeYoung. Um, maybe it was. That's, that's the thing. There's actually like, I was thinking about this. There are so many right. like Bible mm-hmm. storybooks now. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that growing up. So yeah. there's, there, it's really good. It's a good time. Yeah. To be a yeah. It was that, there was that one um, storybook that was like the hero for like, 
Right. It was like the one kids Bible right. for years and years and years and years with yep. the cartoon characters. And now there's a bunch. So there's a bunch, which is great. We, cause we go through all of them. Right. You know, and it's the same beginner. Story. Maybe it was the beginner's Bible is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. One of the ones we're using now is Jesus, the hero mm. family devotion by David Prince. And, uh, he's a pastor in Lexington, Kentucky. And this actually, this has a lot of scripture that you read, but my kids have been loving it. We, you know, it has, sometimes it's one chapter, but then sometimes it's like four chapters. And uh, it takes us, it doesn't take us too long, about 30 minutes to get through the actual reading and devotion. It yeah. doesn't take as long as you think to read a chapter of the Bible. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Um, and so what's great is my kids are, are older, and so they want to participate in the reading. Yeah. They like they like read it right too yeah so so if there's chapters if we've got three or four chapters then one will take one chapter one will take a chapter that's cool and so it's really neat to kind of th- to see that and the devotional part is really short it's it's mostly scripture reading yeah and then a few like one main point to think about mm-hmm. and in this book it's people from Ashland Avenue uh, and around the area Tom Schreiner's in there oh wow got some devotions in there so Man, that's it's cool. it's really helpful and I like that a lot we've used the the one year of dinner table devotions by Nancy Guthrie. Mm-hmm. Uh, old story, new, uh, long, that's the old New Testament version, and long story short, which is the Old Testament. These are by <laughs> Marty Mikowski. These are just devotionals you can use. There's all, there are so, many, so many resources out there. Yeah, there's Once like again, primers. Just, there's really cool, like for little kids. Right. There's like these uh, Bible oh, study primers. Oh, I was, I, one I didn't put on the list here, but I just thought of it was Big Truths for Young Hearts yes. by Bruce Ware. Yes. Is another one. And this one actually teaches theological principles in a way that kids can understand. Yep. yep. Man, yeah, there really are amazing uh, resources out there uh, for Christian parents like never before. So it's it's pretty awesome, and and so we just encourage you to jump into it, right? Um, so those are a lot of the reasons why we approach the Bible. But then this is what we're really getting at Bible today. study. It's Bible study. So this is different from just, you know, reading the Bible 10, 15 minutes in the morning. Yeah. So what is Bible study and how is it different from these other types of things? Yeah, I think Bible study is when, like we said, you're making a meal out of it. You know, you're sitting down and you're, you're, you're opening God's word and you really want to discover, um, a, a text and the, the meaning of the text and how it kind of applies to your life. And so, you know, I've really been challenged in my own life when it comes to Bible study when I, when I'm teaching mainly, yes, you know, I'll be honest, there have been times where I've been in seasons of Bible study where I've wanted to go through a book of the Bible and I've, I've been able to sit down and do some of this process. But a lot of it's been because I've been teaching or preaching. I do a Bible study as I'm leading up to that. Yeah. Which again, I mean, that really comes back to like parents. If you're like, well, I never teach the Bible. Like, well, um, um, you might, you, you know, you do teach your children, so I mean, right. you can you can think through these sorts of things for yeah. that perspective. But let's talk about how to do this. Yeah. Thing, so right? I went to um, th- there's tons of resources out there again, but I went to my one of my favorite books, Creative Bible Teaching by Lawrence Richards and Gary Bredfeld, and they have the inductive Bible study method. Now, this uh, you may have heard of the inductive Bible study method. Um, I believe Kay Arthur has a book on this, which is really good. And so a lot of the elements are the same, but right. there may be little nuances to it or the words might be changed, you know, things like that. So um, don't get too hung up on that. But this is the method that that I've used and that I, I looked at as I was being formed into sort of a teacher. Mm-hmm. So. And it's funny, we were talking about this, how like 
after you learn these things and start applying these things over a, uh, over some time, mm-hmm. it becomes like second nature. Like you do you, it sort of unconsciously. Yes. It's just like at work, you know, when you yep. when you learn a skill or a task, you just start doing things unconsciously. You don't think about the process by which you are doing things. You just you just do you it. You just do it. Yeah, that's so exactly like right. nowadays. I don't I don't like the first one is observation. Mm-hmm. What does it say? What does the text say? And I don't necessarily walk through all of the observational questions that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. but but they're all in my mind as That's I'm right. just naturally. That's exactly right. Yeah, so observation is the part of the process that takes us into the biblical world uh, or the then and there, mm-hmm. right? So the yeah. goal of this stage is simply to identify what the author actually said to the original recipients of the text. Yeah, so there's a, like groups of questions you can ask. So first you want to add ask setting questions, right? So who is the author or speaker? Yep. Uh, why was the book written? What is the occasion of the book? What historical events surround the book? Where was it written? Who was the original recipient? So you're asking these questions that are surrounding the author, the setting, you know, all of these types of things. Yeah, one of my favorite things about my my personal Bible is that at the beginning of it, it has a, a, just a small little intro page yeah. that says title and background, author and date of writing, mm-hmm. theme and message, outline. Yeah. And I mean, it's so simple. Most Bibles have that, especially a study Bible right. will have that, and they'll have done the work for you. Yep. Uh, you know, we'll talk about some resources where you can get this information and not have to like, you don't necessarily have, I mean, this part of it, you can really go deep with this. You can go so deep if but you But you don't have but, to. Right. You know, you, I mean, you can get the answers in the resources that Pretty are there. Quickly. Yeah. But as you're reading through, there are times in scripture where, you know, I'm thinking about like Acts, where it's like there are phrases that are used that indicate like Luke is writing, mm-hmm. but he wasn't there. But then all of a sudden, Luke's writing, and he starts using the words we. And it's like, oh, mm. he was there now. Mm-hmm. So those are a part of these questions. Yeah. Like, who's speaking? Where mm-hmm. was, you know? Those are those questions you're yeah. asking. That helps you learn more about what's being said. And so next, there's context questions. So what is the literary form? We talked about this genre. What what, what, what genre is it? What's the form being used? Is it a letter? Is it a narrative? Mm-hmm. Is it uh, poetry? What's the overall message of this book, and how does this passage fit into that message? Right. Once again, we're thinking about. You remember we talked about like the grand narrative, That's the right. the middle narrative, and the the individual sort of sort of ground level narrative. And so you got to uncover that. And then what precedes this passage? What follows it? You can't just pull a passage out. You know, when I have a lesson to teach and I have a Bible passage, I always am reading what's before yep. and what's after because I don't want to just this this passage was not written. In a vacuum. That's right. Well, it's kind of like in a conversation when you're talking to somebody and they start talking about something and you're like, what are you, why are you talking about mm-hmm. this? And then they say something like, all that to say when you blah, 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 and they come back to the point and right. you're like, oh, and you can see how that relates and it explains something about the original point. Right. That, the, Bi- the authors in the Bible do that a lot. Mm-hmm. So you got you to gotta pay attention to the whole context or else you're going to miss what that particular paragraph right. might be saying. So another thing is uh, the structural questions, you know. So things like, are there repeated words? That's really important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Repeated phrases. Does the author make any comparisons or does he have any contrasts? Does the author raise any questions or provide any answers? I mean, that's that's key right there. Most of the time we mm-hmm. ask questions of the Bible and it's like the answer's there. You just got to read a little bit more. Yeah. Does the author point out any cause or effect relationships? Is there a progression in the passage, in the time, in the action, the geography? Just yes. like you said, does the passage have a climax? 
Does the author use figure of speeches? Yes. Is there a pivotal statement or a word? Uh, what linking words are used? What ideas do they link? And what verbs are used to mm. describe action in the past? This, here's a great example. So we're going through Acts right now. Pastor Alan and I were talking about the sermon for this coming Sunday. And it's the it's the scene where Paul and Timothy and, and Silas are trying to go into Asia, but God's like, nope. <laughs> and then they try to go to Bithynia. God's like, nope. And what you see there is you see these words went, mm-hmm. tried to go, go. And mm-hmm. you see it over and over and over again. And you also see God saying, again, you know, talking about like geography, you see right. the geography. And when you notice all of that, you see God directing while they are trying to be obedient. And it's just a beautiful picture of how the Christian life works. Mm -hmm. But you have to ask questions like, where's Asia? You know, what Asia is this? Mm -hmm. Is this the Asia that we know? Like, Mm -hmm. no. And uh, so you have to ask these sorts of questions. So if you answer these questions, you can gather a a really great understanding of the text. And from there, you can move to the next phase. So this is where we talk about interpretation. What does it mean? Now, these are not necessarily things that you will do like writing out on paper or anything, but these are things you're thinking in the background, you know, and these are all things that we've, we've talked about. This is hermeneutics. The hermeneutics rules are on full display. So, um, in this book, Creative Bible Teaching, they mentioned three rules. We've talked about this. We'll go through really quickly. Uh, rule number one, continuity of message. The Bible has unity to it, and we must use the larger teaching of the scripture on a subject to help us understand the meaning of a particular passage. So right. we've talked about that a lot. Yeah. Rule number two, context of the material. Got to be careful not to twist the scripture by taking out of context. A text without a context is just pretext. Yeah. Super I love important. that. Yep. And then number three, customary meaning. We must interpret the Bible as one interprets any other form of literature, giving it its natural, normal, and customary meaning. We don't allegorize. We don't search for hidden meaning. Yeah, so, it's, not, it's not this like weird mystical literature. Right. So. But from there, we move to generalization. So we're asking ourselves, we, we've done the observational work on a passage, on a text, right? Yes. What is the big idea? Yeah. Right. We must bridge the gap between the world of the Bible and our modern world. So we're looking for the one meaning or the one big idea or the central theme. And it's helpful to formulate this into a single sentence statement of what that main point is. I was taking hermeneutics with a professor and I was talking to the dean of the college who was actually really close friends with that professor. And I was talking about a passage I was trying to explain. And he said that he said, you need to be able to say this in one sentence. Like he asked mm-hmm. me, he's like, what does this mean? Yeah. And I said, I was like kind of hemming and hawing around. He's like, listen, you know, you, you need to figure out how to say this in one sentence. Yes. And I was a brand new seminary or Bible college student. I didn't know how to do this. Once I realized that was my goal, if I know how to say this, then I, then I probably know what it means. Yeah. Um, and so that's really important. And you can use certain questions to help you formulate that mm-hmm. sentence. Yeah. So we ask, what is the author talking about? That's the subject. So you're trying to discover what is the subject. And then you ask, what is the author saying about what he is talking about? That's yes. the complement to the subject. Right. And so that will help you understand the the passage and the, and the text yes. of what you're trying to get at. Yeah, that's right. You, you know, you... It, it's sometimes hard because we are just so fast to jump at application, right? right? So fast. And what we need to do is stop and say, what is actually being said? Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about how, like, why they're saying Yeah, I was actually stuff. taught, so so I was taught to go through and, uh, in, in so my teaching was, what is the exegetical idea? Mm-hmm. So I wrote out that sentence. Then I wrote the... Um, 
can't remember the word for it, but it was it was basically the a, a transition to um, sort of like like what is God speaking to us, yeah. and then finally the the pedagogical idea, which is what are you trying to teach? Yes, to your, and so you write these three sentences, and it takes you from yeah. all the way from observation down through application. That's right. Yeah. And so these Mm -hmm. sentences really, really help. And so that, that does take us to application. So we're asking what difference does it make? Right. So you notice application comes later in the process. Interpretation always precedes application. That's that, that is so important. That's like the most important thing to remember. Right. And so the rules for uh, deriving the application, application must focus on biblical answers to common issues, Mm. okay? The Bible must be applied as God intended. So even in your application, there's a little bit of a hermeneutic that's happening, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So Yeah, so God's Word is trying to teach us something. Once we discover the meaning, we can understand how it applies. But sometimes it directly applies to your life, and other times it doesn't necessarily directly apply to right. you in your particular circumstance. And that's okay. Right. You don't want to force it or shoehorn something, some application in there when it when it's when it not doesn't there. Fit. And and what's funny is, you know, there's a lot there's there's a lot of Bible and there's a lot of your life, right? And so like you might read a text that you're like, oh, this you know, that's great. I know it has application. Don't really see it applying to my life right now. And then you might find yourself years later coming back to that same text and just weeping over it yeah. because that's where you're at then. Yep. Exactly. So then uh, you're, you're, you're thinking about implementation. This is what must I change? Mm-hmm. So God's word is intended to be used to change our lives. Right. We, we, we don't just think and think, oh, this is, this is good information for us to have. We have to process it and think, what must I do with this information? Yes. Yeah, that's And so right. I like to think about it like this. You imagine the Bible study going from your head to your heart to your hands. So you're thinking head is observation, interpretation, generalization. You get the information in your brain. Mm -hmm. Then you're thinking about with your heart, what is the application? What is God teaching me at my very, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the implementation is what do I do? It's the hands. It's, it's how do I live this out in my life? That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, and that's where, you know, uh, James talks about being hearers of the words, uh, not, I'm sorry, being doers of the word, not Mm -hmm. just hearers. Mm -hmm. You know, if we only, uh, observe, uh, if we only have it in our head and only have it in our heart, um, I would argue, and I think James is actually arguing that if you're not implementing things, then you don't really have it in your heart. Right, um, right. But if you have it in your head and you have it in your heart, it's going to flow into the way you live, the practical decisions you make when you go to the grocery store, when you go to work, mm-hmm. how you drive, everything you do. Right is going to be affected by what you've been reading. That's the point. Uh, you know, Hebrews, uh, oh gosh, uh, Hebrews 4, I believe, the, the Word of God is living and active, mm. sharper than mm-hmm. a double-edged sword, piercing to the joint and the marrow. Yes. I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it, it is piercing our soul so that, that sharp we... sharp sword, you know. Right, so that we may be changed by it. That's right. It's living, it's active. I love that. I know. Um, it's embarrassing. I don't know the... Text. So. Well, this is why you know again going. I I am terrible about that, and yeah. that that kind of is a uh, a personal uh, thing for me where I I want to memorize scripture better than I already have. We're in the Google age, so we just Google it, I, right? I, seriously, actually, that that's a that's a real thing. I've not memorized the phone number in twenty years. Well, I literally told my wife she was trying to get me to uh, not trying to get me. She I was getting some groceries, and uh, she was like, "Well, I'll just text it to you." And I was like, "No, no, 
I'm going to remember literally four things. It was four things. And you forgot them. No, no. I thankfully did, but I literally repeated it over and over and over and over again. (laughs) I think our brains, because of the internet, have started thinking a little differently. And I think we, and when it comes to the Bible, we got to push back on that a little bit. It's got to be on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So have you used a method like this or have you seen this? In your life? Yeah, not exactly like this, but I think in uh, learning how to, like, preach, preach, you know, that was kind of my main focus uh, in school. Um, This is all we did, you know? So it was kind of like, I I didn't think about it as, as like, my own personal Bible study time. It was like, this is how you understand the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so I like that we clarified the difference between, like, devotion time and things like that. Um, but this is, this is how you really study yeah. what God's word is saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need a notebook or a, or a word document or something to pull out and start kind of mapping some of this stuff out. And you can literally, as you're beginning to think about this, you can literally write observation. Yes. Setting questions. I mean, you can write it out. Uh, that's, that's what I had to do and have, have done in the past is, is literally have a notebook and write, yeah. write this stuff out. I, I to, do that. To try to get that. I, yeah. I do that. Yeah. But you can also find some resources because this may not come very natural. And right. so I mentioned Kay Arthur. She has some great resources on inductive Bible study. Um, there are Bible study books, though, even that will kind of model this and walk you through this, right. right? Yeah, there's one that I've uh, found fairly recently um, that's called Knowing the Bible uh, Study Series. And uh, it's uh, I believe it's by Crossway. And uh, it's really good. We're planning on taking our student leaders through this, some high schoolers through it. I showed it to them and I'm telling you, they got excited. Uh, one of the students was like, I don't know how to study the Bible. Yes, I need yes. someone to walk me through it. This is what I need. And they were like really excited to yes. do it, which kind of surprised me because it's yes. not like simple or it is simple. It's not, it's like, it takes work, but they were like excited to do it because they, they felt like they could do it now, you know? Right. So. Yeah. These are not very expensive. I mean, they're $7 on a Christian book. Yeah. And you can get, they're like 12 week studies. Yeah. So it may not be every single passage, you know, that they're, that you're studying, you know, like the book of Romans is, it may be hard to do in 12 weeks, but maybe, I don't know. Uh, they, yeah. So they're pretty, they through, I think they go through all of this, okay. all of the text that it says it covers. Yeah. Well, that's great then. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that's a great way to help you to, mm-hmm. to start to do that. And so I would, I would encourage people to, to look at that. There's lots of Bible study resources out there. Just, you know, don't get so reliant on them yes. long term. Yeah. Um, use them, learn how to study the Bible and then do some yourself. That's right. You know, it's like you can go and buy at the Christian bookstore, you can go buy a Bible study. You know, I've done, um, you know, I've done, uh, what's the big one, uh, that people used to do about Moses back in the day. Um, mm, I don't know. Man, I'm oh, sorry. Man, I'm missing it. Everybody's done it. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, I can't think of it right now, but mm. there's, there's all these, uh, books that, that people that have been famous for famous Bible yeah, study yeah. that you do, you know? And so, you know, y- I think people do jump from one thing to another. Right. And that's like how they do their Bible study. I think right. of these things as like really good training wheels. Right. Know? Right. And it's like good. It's really good because you want to be able to ride a bike, but eventually you got to, you know, you got to take them off. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. You got to really, and, and it'll speak more to, you know, like a, like a, a canned study will, Will It'll draw out stuff that you wouldn't think to, to look for. Experiencing right? God. That was the oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's the one. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Everyone has done experiencing God, I think. Except At least if you were uh, if you were a, 
adult or teenager in the 90s, you did Experiencing God. Touche. <laughs> uh, I think it's been redone recently. Really? Yeah. That yeah. would be a good one. I, I have no... Uh, I think is that a is that a Desiring God uh, book? Experience? No, no, uh, okay, it's no. Different. It was uh, Blackaby. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So yeah. anyway, uh, so just don't get too dependent. But as you're learning to study, as you're growing, I think building a library yes is important. Now, when we say that, doesn't mean we're talking about like an extensive like. Bookshelf upon bookshelf of library. I mean, but some people like that. Yeah, <laughs> you may be. Uh, what do they call those people? Uh, uh, like, like a person likes music, an audiophile. Yeah, is, uh, like a, is it a bibliophile? bibliophile maybe. I think yeah, so. yeah. So you may like books. <laughs> you may just want to collect books. But here are some essential resources that you need. Yeah. Okay, the basic ones. Yep. Um, I think a study Bible yep. is really important. I, I've used the ESV study Bible. Th- there are tons of study Bibles out there. So, you know, whatever you feel comfortable yeah. with. I have an NIV study Bible. I have an ESV study Bible. I've I got have several study Bibles. I have yeah. the Spurgeon study Bible, you know. Yep, i got the Gospel Transformation study Bible. <laughs> right. I like that one a lot. Right. Yeah, another one is a Bible handbook, which yes. I personally am actually not super familiar with, to be honest. Well, and a Bible handbook is, is probably, it, it's like a one volume of like, it, of like history yeah. maps, um, it gives you that historical context. Right. Okay. So um, I think these are really helpful. Like, like you may have, you may have a whole library of, of a whole shelf of books that tell you these things. Right. You know, you may have an atlas, and you may have a uh, di- Bible dictionary. So that's those are the things. So if you don't have a Bible handbook, the kind of um, particular parts that go into right. that would be like a Bible dictionary, a Bible atlas, things like that. Right. But a handbook seems to have all of those yes. things in one. And once again, the Holman Illustrated Bible Handbook is just seven fifty on Lifeway.com. Well, Lifeway, reach out to us. We yeah, love an advertising Not deal. Not currently sponsored by Lifeway, but <laughs> are open to, you know, so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Lifeway for all your, Lifeway.com for all your Christian needs. <laughs> Um, okay, we also think a systematic theology would be really helpful. Yes, right? yeah. I think as you get into God's Word, you're going to run across things, and you're going to think, uh, how do I how do I process mm-hmm. this text in relation to all of the other texts? And building a systematic theology, you know, you can go to the systematic theology book and look up. There's a scripture reference. Yes. So say oh, you're in yeah. say you're in Mark. You know, you can look and say, okay, Mark chapter three. Okay, here's this text. Where is this found in the systematic theology right. book? And that will help you sort of discover the truths of theologically what the Bible is talking about. That's absolutely, yeah, it's so helpful. On yeah, that. Some, yeah, some commentaries, um, you know, you, you can build, there are some one-volume commentaries that are helpful. Uh, I think this, the single-volume like ones are, are also uh, helpful. Mm-hmm. The One of the, the cheapest ones and the best ones for lay people is the, the Christ-centered expositional commentary. Yep. The volumes are not very long. Uh, they're written by pretty famous people, uh, modern, solid, pretty, pretty solid. S- yeah, like I've not seen any that Mm-mm. weren't solid uh, pastors or, or yeah. theologians. The one that I really like that's a little bit more expensive and a little bit, the books are bigger, is the Reformed Expository Commentary. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah, Reformed. Um, I like that one a lot. And then I've also used... Another one that's pretty good for lay people is focus on the Bible. Hmm, yeah, and no. I love these commentaries. I just saw in the notes especially it says FB, and I was like, not Facebook. I don't yeah, <laughs> Facebook commentaries. Facebook commentaries. Don't do that. <laughs> no, no. Focus on the Bible. Um, I, I, I particularly was studying like uh, Samuel, uh, yeah. Kings, you know, things like that. And so I have some by an author called Dale Ralph Davis, hmm. and uh, I think I'm getting that right. Uh, Ralph Dale Davis. I don't know something like that. Yeah. And um, 
they are they are phenomenal. Yeah. He really gets at the heart of of David and Samuel, and I just I love the way he he lines out the text, and and I've really enjoyed those commentaries. One other commentary that I've uh, enjoyed is in the past is the Pillar commentary series. I just like them. You know, I I don't I can't you know say all of the authors for them are, are great, but I like their layout. Mm-hmm. I like the way that they approach things and yeah. how they. I just enjoy that. Yeah, it's there's interesting. So Some ones. commentaries are by one author. Right. Like uh, there's the MacArthur or the R. Kent Hughes. You know, there's but then. A lot of commentaries are written by different right. authors, you know, have and so, a little bit more expertise in one thing or the other, yeah. Right, and and some and sometimes you have better uh, commentaries in certain sets than mm-hmm. others because they're written by different authors. Yeah. So you may, so you might not just get one huge commentary series, right? You, you may might. say, "I'm going to study the Book of Romans." So you may get like two Romans commentaries, and they may not be all from the same set of other things that you have. Right. And so I don't, don't get hung up on having a whole set. No. It looks nice on your bookshelf. It does. But it does, but don't get but hung what's up. Funny on is the ones that look the nicest. I use the least mm. to be honest. It's the truth there. That's true. So anyways, but uh, also there's good websites out there. So you don't have to spend a bunch of money. The age of the internet. Blue letter Bible is this really blue letter Bible.org. It's got commentaries. They have Bible study helps Bible dictionary yeah. uh, where you can do a word study off of that. I use that. Yeah, a ton. It's really good. Ligonier website. We use that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, RC Sproul kind of started Ligonier and just great stuff. Desiring There's, God. Yeah, Ligonier and Desiring God. Those have lots of um, theological. So, like, you can type in a subject mm-hmm. or uh, something like that, and it'll give you, um, like, say you're talking about the sovereignty of God. Right. And they'll they'll go through. They'll be have sermons. They'll have videos. They'll have articles. Ligonier has a lot of like free um, free lectures and stuff. Yeah, I was listening mm-hmm. to one. Uh, about the problem of evil, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, man, this is so good and it's free. Like, yeah. That's crazy. So. And then got questions. You yeah. know, that's just super basic. If you've, they, I, I have not found something that is, that I've typed in that's not been on addressed and yeah. got questions. In, in a very, uh, I feel like very uh, solid yeah. way, you yeah. know, um, theologically sound way. So there's some resources for you that you're going to need to use. Um, but a lot of this is just applying this, these things that you've learned, you know? Yeah. And so we're, we're kind of coming to the end of this. Brand. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your big takeaways from this series? Do you have one, one big takeaway? You know, I, I really think that the big takeaway is as always, like what, what was the author saying? Mm-hmm. You know, what was he really saying? And that's what I, I remember in Bible college. I've said this before, but I'll, I'll say it forever because I remember when um, my professor, Dr. Draper, he said, when you come to something that's in the Bible that disagrees what you with what you think, then stop thinking what you think. Yeah. And think what the Bible mm-hmm. says. Yeah. And I remember seeing that and or hearing that and just thinking, you know, that if this is God's word mm-hmm. and and I know what is actually being said, I understand mm-hmm. it properly. Yeah. Then yeah, that is what I think. Yeah. Like how how foolish would I be? to not agree with God. Yeah. And so this go, has been so helpful for me. Yeah. I'll go back to our food analogy. You know, you can, um, you know, we, we, we can have a snack, a devotional. We need to do that, but we need to sit down and have a meal. And listen, you can have a meal prepared by somebody, right. you know, you can go through a Bible study book. You can have a sermon. Uh, uh, you know, I listened to a weekly sermon by RC Sproul, you know, I mean, there's, there's things like that that you can do. That's like somebody preparing the meal for you. Yeah. But I mean, how satisfying is it when you prepare the meal 
Yeah. You prepare a gourmet meal and you, you, you get it all the ingredients, you get it all laid out, you do all the work yourself and you get to it and you get to enjoy it. That's yeah. kind of what like doing Bible study for yourself is. And yeah. so it's nothing if you don't put it into practice. It's yeah. like if you sit and you just you just you just read about recipes and you, you watch stuff online, but you never actually do it. Right. You know, this is like you're doing it. You're you're getting in the game. You're not just sitting on the sidelines. So we've got to get into God's word, no matter if you've been a believer for one year or a hundred years, yep. God's word is what we need. It yes. is it is essential right. for us. I love what Spurgeon says. Nobody ever outgrows Scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. Mm-hmm. I found that to be true. Have you? Absolutely. And it kind of reminds me. You know, I, I do. This is kind of funny. Going back to a food analogy, like. I've noticed, you know, I remember my Are we grand, hungry this morning? Grand, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but my grandparents, we used to joke how they, they didn't eat to live. They lived to eat. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's funny. It's like the older they got, the more they were like, you know what? I want to enjoy this. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you might know. Let's pretend you could you knew all the Bible stories ever. Well, like. Do you enjoy them? Yeah. You know, get, mm-hmm. get sit down and yeah. read them. Not just because you're like, what does it say? Like, you know what it says, but read it again because you love it. Right. And you, you love know? God and you want your relationship with him to, to grow. Deepen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I really hope that this encourages people to uh, get into God's word yeah. and study the Bible for themselves. That, that was our whole sort of... Um, you know, Genesis for this, for this, uh, well, and we know, we know how hard it is. I mean, I remember how transformative understanding these, these biblical principles Mm -hmm. about understanding the Bible. Yeah. I remember how transformative that was. So I really hope that this helps people get into the word and, and be like, wow, I know what this means. Yeah, and you can do it. It's not. It's not such a monumental task that no. that you can't start. Even if you're starting from zero, you, yeah. you know, with with no knowledge, you can do this. It's funny. It's a little frustrating sometimes when you look at it and you're like, "This is kind of simple stuff." Like, right. What did the author say? Like, it's kind of simple, but it's amazing how you we just put in the time and don't the work. think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So, so we hope that this is helpful. Yes. We hope that you will get into God's word. We hope that you will be amazed at what is there to be mined and to be found um and that you enjoy it yeah that's great so thank thanks you for, for listening for this series we just appreciate it. we love you guys yep so thanks we'll for see you next time gonna say uh, read a good book or yeah listen to to some fun books don't 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 read a you know systematic theology that's not a vac- that's not a vacation it's not a vacation. Read systematic theology so i'm so excited i'm gonna dig into john piper's providence on god on vacation <laughs> whole thing no <laughs> finally have time no <laughs> piper he needs to write a uh he needs to write like a murder mystery for people on vacation, a theological <laughs> murder mystery for people on vacation. What that would be actually kind of interesting, kind of like a like a historical fiction from yeah. uh, one of the narratives of yes. the Bible. You yes, know? that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, no, no, just tr- from church history. Oh yeah, that could like be Athanasius that. Yeah, has yeah, to solve a murder. <laughs>